Thanks for joining us for another amazing message from C3 Church Calgary. Our hope is that our podcast will equip and connect you to Jesus. Now prepare your hearts to receiving something new from God today. Let's just pray together. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence. Lord, thank you for your promise to bring a fresh word, to bring uh, to meet us fresh every day. Thank you that today is called today for a reason, because you want us to be present and because you are present. So we just, uh, we celebrate you here in this place this morning. We invite you, we invite your comfort. We invite your enabling. We invite your spirit of prophecy. Lord, we invite peace in this place. And Lord, we also invite your spirit of power in this place to come against any other realm that would try to be haughty against your spirit. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Awesome. Well, uh, my name is Judy Sparks, and my husband and family attend here since 2011. And on Mother's Day 2011, we came here when we moved to this end of the city and haven't looked back. So welcome here if you're new to the church. Uh, It's a great place to grow and to find your community in, so I I I can say that for a fact, that our family has really enjoyed that being part of this community. Um, I serve on the board of directors, elders at the church. I also do, I love to do Bible teaching here and I, I love, love, love to do pastoral counseling here. So that's, um, that's what I do in my spare time. And then in my uh, full time, my husband and I own a couple of companies and uh, we actually just have currently gone through a merger and a move this weekend. We've been moving, so I didn't really line up with my schedule to actually speak this weekend and I actually said no because I had a really full plate. And then, and then uh, God just plopped this word down in my heart and it had such a strong resonancy that I knew uh, I could easily say yes because he was in it. So, so I'm just believing that he's got it for you because he gave it to me to give to you. So we're just going to go where he takes us. And um, I'm also just celebrating the spirit of prophecy this morning. So I've asked Mindy uh, Oten to come and paint. And so what I told her was the passage that I'm going to be speaking from today and the basic, just like a little sliver of what the Lord had given me. And I said, you just pray and ask the Lord to give you a picture. And so we would just partner together for the spirit of prophecy to come and to um, manifest himself here. So because don't you all want to come to church and actually meet with God? Like, isn't that kind of the point when when you come? I mean, I want it every day when I get out of bed. I actually kind of get to the point now where I actually need it. Otherwise, I'm too tired to even, you know, put one foot out. So I actually just am getting to be more and more reliant that I actually need him uh, every day. So the picture that she had, I'm going to get her to share in a little bit. Um, the inspiration that's just, I just gave her a little heads notice because in the last service I didn't give her a heads notice. Um, so uh, we prayed for her in the first service, but I just want to give you a little bit of a heads up. She actually paints internationally 
prophetically. So just believing, um, there's a number of the painters that travel together, and it's through her cousin's connections, um, that she is actually going to be going to Jerusalem in a week to paint at an international uh, prayer breakfast. And uh, it's like a, um, the TELUS, maybe you wanna say who, who it is again. Cause it was just, it's so informative and I just want you to see what God is doing around the world and using a girl with a paintbrush. Hello. <laughs> Um, okay. Yeah, I like my little area over there better <laughs> than up front. No, I've, I'm, uh, we were invited, a group of us, to go to Jerusalem um, to serve for what's called a Jerusalem prayer breakfast. And it's a, it's a meeting where um, all the nations are gathering, Christian leaders, government leaders, to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. So we're gathering together. Uh, I leave Saturday, and I'll be there a week. It's a three-day event of different speakers and things, and I'm gonna be painting at a, a worship night there. And um, we're just excited to see the world come together to bless Jerusalem, yeah. so. Awesome. And we bless you. We bless you. We prayed for her and, and continue. You can check out her other works of what the Lord has been downloading with her creativity on um, MindyOten.com. So M-I-D-I-O-A-T-E-N.com. Check it out. Um, I know she's actually got a lot to say. Like I could just sit and listen to what God has been showing her. It's fantastic. But here I am. Okay. So let's, uh, let's go to our text this morning. It's Mark 9 is where we're going to start out. I love the word. I love it that she's painting. So she started this like from scratch right at the beginning of the first service. So now she's putting the finishing touches on. So it's been a quite, quite a thing to, to watch. Okay, Mark 9, 14 to 21. So let's read together. Now when they came down the mountain to the other nine disciples, so when it says they, it's Jesus and three of the disciples that have just come up, and, and it's at the Mount of Transfiguration where Elijah and they manifest. Anyways, you know, you can read that part separately. But anyway, so they just come down, so it's Jesus and three of the disciples. And they came down to the other nine disciples, and they noticed a large crowd of people gathered around them with the religious scholars arguing with them. So obviously something's gone off track um, religiously. So there's an argument. And the crowd was astonished to see Jesus himself walking toward them, and they immediately ran to welcome him. I think that's kind of an interesting note that they were astonished. I mean, it doesn't say why they were astonished, so I don't know if it's because he was still glowing from his time up in the mountain, or if they had heard about him, and now he was like right here, you know, movie star, kind of right in your midst. I don't know if it was that astonished. I don't really know. We don't, doesn't really say, but it leads me to wonder. So what are you arguing about with the religious scholars? He asked them. And a man spoke up out of the crowd. Teacher, he said, I have a son possessed by a demon that makes him mute. I brought him here to you, Jesus. Whenever the demon takes control of him, it knocks him down, and he foams at the mouth and gnashes his teeth, and his body becomes stiff as a board. I brought him to your disciples, hoping they could deliver him, but they were not strong enough. And Jesus said to the crowd, 
Why are you such a faithless people? How much longer must I remain with you and put up with your unbelief? Now bring the boy to me. And so they brought him to Jesus. And as soon as the demon saw him, it threw the boy into convulsions. He fell to the ground, rolling around and foaming at the mouth. Jesus turned to the father and asked, how long has your son been tormented like this? Since childhood, he replied. It tries over and over to kill him by throwing him into the fire or water. But please, if you're able to do something, anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, what do you mean, if? If you are able to believe, all things are possible to the believer. Hmm. So when he heard this, the boy's father cried out with tears, saying, I do believe, Lord, help my little faith. How many of us have been there? Now when Jesus saw the crowd was quickly growing larger, he commanded the demon, saying, Deaf and mute spirit, I commanded you to come out of him. I command you to come out of him and never enter him again. And the demon shrieked and threw the boy into terrible seizures and finally came out of him. As the boy lay there, looking like a corpse, everyone thought he was dead. But Jesus stooped down and gently took his hand and raised him to his feet, and he stood there completely set free. And afterwards, when Jesus arrived at the house, his disciples asked him in private, why couldn't we cast out the demon? And he answered them, this type of powerful spirit can only be cast out by fasting and prayer. Wow, what a big story. <clears throat> a few things um, are highlighted for me, and um, we're gonna, we, could, we could spend hours just on that passage, but we're going to just touch on a few high points. So I just want to share a little bit about myself. So every year, uh, the Lord gives me a word for the year. And so for 2018, uh, the word was choices. And he actually started giving me that word early in, or late in 2017. So, you know, get ready, get ready, that sort of thing. And, uh, and it was because I was wrestling with a few things, and what I'm going to share with you this morning kind of came out of that wrestling that I had near the end of November this past year. So, um, that's where we're going. So I, w I would like to make a statement to you, and I, w I want you to actually just listen to it and check inside of yourself how you respond. Well, how does this make you feel? What goes through your head when I say this statement, okay? He has made provision in advance for all our shortcomings. Hmm. Got to think about that. How does that sit? You can say it sounds like a really good saying, but how does it actually sit inside? So all our needs are met in Christ Jesus, the Bible says. So I'll say it again. He has made provision in advance for all of our shortcomings. So for sometimes, for me and for other people, they could feel grateful when they hear that, like that someone's there to fill in the gaps right, which isn't actually altogether accurate. You'll see when we roll this out. Um, they could be skeptical, maybe because that's not been our experience, 
right? Maybe we think, yeah, that's great, except for I'm not, like, this isn't my days. Like, this isn't happening, so what, what gives? And then we can also feel angry with a statement like that. The anger comes from um, that we actually have a need at all. Like, why do we have a need? Because we want to be self-reliant, let's face it. We don't actually want to have a need. So the fact that I say something like that can incite all these kind of feelings. So where do you notice? I'm going to drop that down. Where do you notice there is a lack? Where is there scarcity in your life? Because I know what the Lord was pinpointing with me, but he has this word for you too. And I'm, I'm sure he's doing something with it right now. So let's take a closer look at the word faith, shall we? Mark 9, 14 to 29, it gives this really amazing story, but it's interesting because Jesus actually doesn't help the guy with his unbelief. Did you notice that? He doesn't actually address it. What does he say? Have faith. He doesn't say, oh, let me help you with that unbelief. He, he actually exposes something, and we'll, get a little, we'll go a little bit further into that. But I want to highlight the fact that there was a healing that was not happening, and that the people were turning on each other. So how often does this happen when we think God hasn't come through, we're not being delivered, his power is not here, he said he was going to be here, and now he's not, and now we're turning on each other. How often have we seen that in our own lives, in our own worlds, and how many times do we actually participate and do this? So we get so mad at each other because, here's the kicker, we desperately want someone to have what it takes to deliver us, right? That's what we want, and that's what can drive some of that. So um, Hebrews 11.1 says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Um, the Passion Translation words it a little bit different. They promised me they would have it up here. Now, faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It's all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. This testimony of faith is what previous generations were commended for. Faith empowers us to see that the universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God's word. He spoke, the invisible realm gave birth to all that is seen. Notice the order. He spoke and into the invisible realm, and then all that's visible was, was made seen. So we want to do it the other way, right? We want to see it, and then we'll believe it. We want to see it, and then we'll know to believe for more. Isn't that sort of the pattern that we go, you know, the tangible stuff, where actually it's saying that creation itself actually happened in an unseen realm? Well, that's rock your world then. So then that means really what, he, what he, this man was even being um, required to have faith in wasn't seen yet. Okay, so I know it's, I'm just like unpacking this because sometimes we connect faith going, oh, it's evidence, it's evidence, so we, we should be able to see it first. Well, let's hold back. The things created were made in the unseen realm first. 
Okay, so I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to pull your faith up a little bit higher. I'm trying to pull, and, and I'm actually, even as I speak now, I, I actually really feel that I'm speaking to somewhere deep inside of each of you that knows this is true. You know it. You know there's something different than the way we typically operate from. So I just put that out there. And we have to actually clear away any ungodly expectations. I think that's where the uh, unbelief comes from. So I have this new definition. So I, I like to get definitions for stuff in a different way. So I try to play my brain, get my brain out of autopilot. So this is what I've done with the word faith. So you could say, I could say to you, what is the definition of faith? And then you would quote me Hebrews 11.1 1, and I'd say, yes, that's true and great. So I've come up with a new, uh, so I don't call it heresy, but it does. it is in line. So just try this out, okay? Faith is living based on a good and right perspective of God. Now, that to me wraps faith up a little bit differently. So I have to be challenged then. I have to go, hmm. So if I had a good and right perspective of God and I lived accordingly, would that be faith? I think it would be. I think the thing that challenged this man wasn't his faith. I think it was his not so right, good in perspective of God. I think it was the things, the lies, basically, that he wasn't, that he was believing or the things he didn't know about God yet. So I think that actually got in the way. And, you know, he was tenacious enough to say, you know, he didn't say, oh, crap. But, you know, really, he's like, oh my goodness, I don't actually have faith. I'm just being busted right now, okay? So certainly had some perspective of Jesus because he came looking for him, right, for healing. He knew there was a need. So, so now this pulls us into another realm. So we need to talk about actually who's in control. And this, is, this one was a tricky one for me when I first was confronted with it. So... I was on an airplane about a week ago just to sp spread. This is a very common theology, a common thought, is that God is in control, okay? So you're gonna, your argumentative side just rose up inside of you, and so just hear me out and listen to this. So I'm on, on an airplane with this lady, and uh, as happens quite often when I travel, people tell me their um, life issues. It's just a thing. It's what God uses me in, and so I'm kind of used to it now, but... She's just dealing with her son who's had a three-year bout of brain cancer and he's got small children and she just was, you know, here in Calgary and was helping to take care of them and she was a believer. She saw I was reading a book on heaven and so that started the conversation and, and I gave her some thoughts on getting, a, you know, a different perspective, you know, in a kind, compassionate way and then, and then the conversation was ending and she says, well, but God's in control. And then she just left it at that. And I absolutely believe that he is caring for us. I absolutely believe that he doesn't look down with a judgmental finger on that. Okay, so don't hear this. What I'm hearing is, is I had a problem with saying that God is in control when actually that doesn't line up with scripture. So just come with me on this one, all right? So... Psalm 8 sheds actually a lot of light on this, so we can go to Psalm 8. Psalm 8, verse 
can find it here. So it says, the Lord, your name is so great and powerful. People everywhere see your splendor. Your glorious majesty streams from the heavens, filling the earth with the fame of your name. You have built a stronghold of the so by the song of babies. Strength rises up with the chorus of singing children. It's awesome. Kids have that much power. Uh, strength rises up with the chorus of singing children. This kind of praise has the power to shut Satan's mouth. Wow, that's amazing. Childlike worship will silence the madness of those who oppose you. Look at the splendor of your skies and your creative genius glowing in the heavens. When I gaze at your moon and your stars mounted like jewels in their setting, I know you are the fascinating artist who fashioned it all. When I look up and see such wonder and workmanship above, I have to ask this question. Compared to all this cosmic glory, why would you bother with puny mortal man or be infatuated with Adam's sons or daughters? Yet, here's, here it is, yet what honor you have given to men, created only a little lower than Elohim. Not a little lower than angels, a little lower than Elohim, because of course we know the angels were not given a redemptive plan back into relationship with God. The demons were not given that. Only humans were giving that. We are a little bit lower than Elohim. Crowned like kings and queens with glory and magnificence. You have delegated to them mastery over all you have made, making everything subservient to their authority, placing earth itself under the feet of your image bearers. All the created order and every living thing of the earth, sky, and sea, the wildest beasts and all the sea creatures, everything is in submission to Adam's sons. Lord, your name is so great and powerful. People everywhere see your majesty. What glory streams from the heavens, filling the earth with the fame of your name. Whoa, that's a little bit different picture than God's in control. He's given us authority makes that super clear there. Hebrews 2, 8 also says that everything is in subject to man. So, hmm, we have a role and we have a choice. And that is something to consider. So what is the choice? He gave that man, the father of that demon-possessed son, he gave him a choice. I'm going to just put this out there, and um, you don't have to believe me, and just don't get all, you know, in a knot about whether this is in Scripture or not, but I just want you to consider this, okay? Because I love to consider um, the greatness of God. I love to consider what he's up to, and I love to consider time before time and time after time, because we know time is just for a designated period of time. So I would like to you to just consider with me is that maybe we actually had a choice in coming to earth. The Bible says that we, before we were placed in our mother's womb, that we were in the heart of God. We were in a place with him. We were actually in his heart. And so just consider this, just think about it, is that what if we actually partnered with God and said yes to be his presence bearers here on the earth. 
what if that all happened way back then? What if we said yes to our family of origin? What if we said yes to the struggles of life? What if we actually said yes to say, God, I want to partner with you to bring your presence to the earth. I'm so excited to participate with you outside of your heart for the earth. There is this long-term perspective, this greater picture. Now, I'm not sure we will know that for sure until we get to heaven. I believe it. It's brought great healing in my heart about what's going on around here, and it's also held me accountable to say, well, Judy, what are you saying yes to? Are you on track? You know that God placed in you purposes and plans and callings and specific anointings that he placed in you? What if you said yes to bringing all of those to the planet? And then, what are you doing with it? What are you saying yes to now every single day? What are you participating with? To me, I had a hard time, and I didn't share this earlier, but I did have a hard time for a long time wondering what it was all about here. It's a lot of hard work living sometimes, okay? It's, uh, it's not fair a lot of the time. And I had a hard time going, well, why don't, if, you know, Jesus, just bring it on. Let's go to heaven. Let's get this over with, right? And, and I know some would argue with me because they are like, no, no, there's a lot of fun things to do here. And I, I, I'm coming to realize that, but I just saw heaven differently. I don't know with people, oh, well, I'll get on that in a minute, but I just, this reconciled to me that there was a partnership and there was a purpose and there was a plan to my yes, and it went before time and after time. And it's gonna carry on. So that kind of excites me. So give that some thought and consider what it is you're saying yes to on your daily basis. So I wanna, I wanna, that leads me to that the fact that the mission is great, but the reward is greater. So what is heaven like? Well, some of you don't like to think about heaven because that sort of means that the end of time now as we know it, and you're quite excited about time now, and that's awesome. Um, but I'll, I just wanna say, put this out there. I like thinking about heaven. So God is there. So it's like him, right? And I say he's great, grand, and groovy, like he's, like he's like the man, like he's got it all going on. Like if you like heaven, or if you like earth, you're going to love heaven. So here's a concept, just struck me today when I was thinking about this. So I, I have no trouble imagining streets of gold, okay? I have no trouble imagining uh, the river of life uh, winding all through uh, heaven. I have no trouble imagining um, swimming in the river of life and breathing underwater. I just have, have no, because we don't have the same constraints. Heaven, we're outside of time and we're outside of all the restraints that we have here on earth. So I think heaven is fun and it's creative and it's restorative and it's productive and it's informative. Well, of course it's informative. The Bible says it will go from glory to glory. There's gonna be greater things beyond what we could ever imagine. So get your imagination into gear here. Don't live in such like places of dullness, right? Let's, let's wake up and get supercharged. 
Kat Kerr is a prophetic, you can write that name down and go YouTube her. Um, she has been taken to heaven several times with just visions of what's going on there and she reports on it. Fantastic, inspiring, you don't have to believe everything she says, I'm not saying that, I'm just saying that there is other things to see than maybe what you have already seen. That's not that hard to imagine, right? Because we know that we don't know everything about God. We know that we don't know everything about heaven, and we don't know everything that's going on there. So if there's other people who are seeing things that we haven't, we don't have to get all nervous about it. We can just relax and you know lay it before the word and, and just check in. And there's some fascinating revelations out there. So she talks about a word university. So huh, those people who love school and love learning, there's places for that. Of course there is. So the streets of gold, I was thinking about it, so I have no trouble imagining streets of gold. So where are the streets going? Hello? Like there's stuff going on. It's going to places. There's stuff. There's like amusement parks. There's, there's uh, creation labs. So all of those who, who love science and love creating and love ingenuity, there, there's places for that. There's going to be stuff going on. It doesn't end. It's not... It's not it's not just singing, although I love singing, so that is not a hardship for me. But like my husband would be, he says he would be bored to tears if he had to sing all the time. So, you know, I, I totally believe that there are places that will be far beyond what we've even imagined. There's art forms that haven't even been created. I mean, there's inventions that haven't been created. That's not that hard for us because there's new inventions here on Earth all the time. And can I just say the prophetic word coming out from many of the prophets around the world for 2018 is that inventions are going to be dropped down from Earth like, like, n like no other time right now. Like new things are coming, new inventions, new food sources, new all kinds of things. Like it's gonna, it's gonna, it's like gonna transform Star Trek. Like. We, we think we've got some creative whatever with Star Trek, like that's like nothing compared to what's coming from heaven. And I asked Mindy to come and partner with me today because I, I wanted to see this artistic form where she would go and, and believe God to give her a picture of what's happening in heaven and what his word is. And, and, and Mindy, she shared, I said, so what's with the picture? I was really curious to know. And she, she said it's about a new perspective like going to a, a different place and getting a new perspective. And, and she didn't even know till this morning that she was going to do green and do trees. But then she, she got up there and she's like, I'm feeling green. I just need to paint green. And so she paints the green and the trees taking life. It's like it's a, it's a new place. Like even learning is going to be a new experience. And then the eggs, the eggs are the blessings. And I actually really feel like the Lord is saying to people this morning, I know he told me there's blessings, I just haven't seen them. I just don't know if they're real because I can't see them. And I actually have a word for, for that. I want to have a word of encouragement. I want to tell you about something that actually happened to me recently. And I instantly had a prophetic word around this experience. And I just want to lay it out and you can share in my pain and suffering about it, as well as just come up a little higher with me. So I'm driving, sort of 10-ish in the morning, not busy traffic, and a police car comes up behind me 
turns the lights on, pulls me over, and I'm like, I wasn't speeding like this time, you know? So I was like, what's going on? And he pulls me over and he's, we wanna see your license and registration. And I, so I, I pull it out and I realize, oh my goodness, I didn't put my new pink slip in the vehicle, and I know I insured it, but he says, you're actually missing your registration off of your, so I didn't like register my vehicle properly, and, uh, and I had forgotten, it was due in October, and oh my goodness, and so, so he goes, yeah, your thing is missing, and says, can you find your insurance? So he went back, apparently, to write me up a $310 ticket, this is where you share, share in my pain and suffering, um, and he came back and he said, I said, oh my goodness, I don't have uh, insurance either. Like I, I'm missing the paperwork. You know, I'm not, I'm not prepared for driving really at, at this point because I don't have the proper paperwork. And he said, he said, it's, it's okay, I'll let, I'll let that off. He said, because really technically I'm supposed to tow you because you don't have any of the documentation that you need. And he said, so, but it's okay. You know, I'll just give you this $310 ticket and, um, and just go ahead and get this taken care of right away. And inside I was like, oh, crap, $310, you know, and Jeff's going to kill me. And, you know, that sort of <laughs> thoughts go through my head. But then, like, like, honestly, so I'm just like everybody else. But then, honestly, I went up to a different perspective and I'm like, what's going on? Something else in the unseen realm is going on. Now... My issue with the, the definition of faith comes in right here. Because if you are not believing that God is good, you're going to think he's got a hand in this somehow. He's punishing me somehow, right? That's where you're going to go. Or he's not watching out for me. You're going to do those things. The anger, the guilt. The, what, you're going you're gonna to get into that place, right? But I'm like, no, 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 no. I know he's looking out for me. And I actually know because 2018, it has been prophesied like so much, and I'm just going to release that right now over you as well, is that it is, it is a year of laying hold of the transitions. It's not just transitions. 2017 was laborious transitions. It's actually stepping into the new places. So, and I've like taken that into my into my spirit, like I'm all over that. So this is happening and I get a $310 ticket and I'm like, well, what's this all about? And I felt like the Lord just said to me, when you go into new levels and new places, because he wants to take you there, okay, he's got something new and great, you are more exposed. You are more visible. How does someone see a tiny little sticker on a bumper? Like I... But somehow it was seen, it was noticed. And I'm all about being law abiding, so I went and got it, you know, and I paid my ticket and all that kind of stuff. But I'm just saying, we want the blessings, we wanna move into more. But then let's trust that God is actually preparing the way in his grace that we can actually go into those places. So that was the word, and I feel like that for this service, this was like, I didn't release this on this first service, but this is for you. Let's look at God just a little bit different. 
Let's not go to those old familiar places that say that somehow he's punishing me or somehow he's going to take me out or this is a time, the testing, which we, we put as like God's cursing us almost, you know? It's, it's not. It's a carefully crafting us so that we are, yes, way back when, can actually come and bear fruit and that we won't be taken out. Right? What had happened if I had been in a car accident and I didn't have a registration? I mean, you, just, you can go there. You can understand. I, would, I was unprotected. Right? So it was his grace that this got exposed. So, and that's why I choose, that's a choice. I'm going to choose to believe that God is good. I'm going to choose to believe it's protection. I'm going to choose to believe that when I go forward, he's catching all those details. Like, I don't have to be all that. You know that he's made provision in advance for your shortcomings? Do you know 300 bucks, first of all, can I just say, it's like nothing for him? He makes streets with gold, okay? Like to walk on. So I just, I, I just like, we cannot get like caught up in these dollar amounts. And like, I, I just, I don't have, it drives Jeff a little bit nutty because he's the, he's the one that keeps track of all the numbers. And I just live in some other space. But, but I really believe that it's just nothing for him. Because, because there's evidence all around that it's nothing for him. So I'm just calling our perspectives up a little bit because he does not want us to go into a place of pain. He doesn't want us to stay in a place of grief, in a place of, of mourning. He doesn't want us to go there. And, and you know why he doesn't want us to go there is because we don't fight against flesh and blood, right? We don't fight against our own willpower, although sometimes that's a factor. I'm looking for that scripture. I want to read it because it's so good. Your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings, but with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms. For they are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. Because of this, you must wear all the armor that God provides so you are protected as you confront the slanderer, the liar. So what keeps us from connecting with God? Our pride, our shame, our fear. And can I just say that pride exists because people compare themselves to each other? You know, if we didn't do that, we wouldn't have pride because uh, it would be eliminated if we had a proper relationship with God. Do you realize that? Because he loves you, because he made you, because he chose you. Because he designed you, you he, he actually attached callings and gifts and purposes into your DNA. You're so carefully and mindfully made. Pride doesn't, we don't need to compare ourselves to anybody else. We just need to be in relationship with God. And shame exists because there's a lie about who we are that's being believed. The enemy's just a liar. You're not so bad after all. You got a lot. God planted a lot in there. 
And you said yes, I'm just saying. You said yes. Somewhere along the line, you said yes. So now I wanna encourage you to not let fear lay hold of you. Don't let fear be the, the, the thing, the message that gets believed because he's a liar. He didn't, God didn't make you to carry fear. He didn't make you to have to be strong enough. He didn't make you to be self-reliant. He made you to be God-reliant. So who's in control? Well, the one who has the choice. We have the choice. That's ours. What are we choosing? Jesus said to the man, and I just want to recap with this, is that the man came to Jesus because he wanted and he needed something tangible. And Jesus highlighted his choice. So I'm doing that with you this morning. What is the choice that you're being faced with? What is the unbelief? I'm not going to teach you about how to address all the issues of unbelief here, but I'm going to challenge you. Is it a good and right perspective of God? Is it based on scripture? If it's not, it's not worth anything. It's not going to work for you. Just saying. We need to, we need to, if we want to step into those little blue eggs, which are our blessings, we want to step into them. We got to start with having the choice that God is there for you and he is good and he is faithful and he is true. And he has something for you this morning. What does he have for you? I don't know. Stand to your feet. Let's see what he has. Everybody stand up. I think that this morning the invitation is that we come to a place where we're so needy that it creates an unquenchable appetite for God. Let's get to the place where we're so needy. I know, I know pride wants to rise up and say, well, no, I gotta be everything. Well, no, you don't. You need to be needy. Your faith needs to be in the unseen realm where God is. And keep stoking the fire of longing for more of him. I don't know where you're at, but I want to challenge you to make your expectations greater for him, not lesser. And if you don't have a big problem to bring before him this morning, I'm actually going to invite you to find one. Pick someone else's. There's an orphanage in Cambodia. It might be a good one to pick up. Okay? There, there's, there's mourning families. There's lots to pick up, but don't stop there. Let's take it to the one who delivers. Let's come in agreement this morning and say, yes, God, we trust you. We believe in you. Let's sing that song one more time. And as we do, I just want to invite you to actually come to the altar. We have, I'm going to call the prayer team. They are fantastic warriors and are all gifted. I'm looking at who's on the altar team today. They're all gifted as prophets today. So if, if you even need a prophetic word of encouragement, get your butt down here. Don't miss the opportunity, okay? And come, if you want prayer for anything, if you need to be delivered this morning, this is the right place. This is it. So as we sing, just come on down. Come on down.
Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you see each one here today. Those who have come forward, those who still sit in their seat and wonder about the choices they've made. Lord, I ask for your hand to be upon each person here that they would not go out and not have a fuller, greater, newer understanding and perspective. Lord, I ask for visions from heaven to fall right now, to give people hope, Lord, to give people encouragement, to meet them in their place. And I thank you for your presence here today. Out those doors walk people who see God and know him for who he is. You're dismissed.